1360 KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we talk sports with you over the uh, next couple of hours and also on 106.3 FM. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, Kevin Lehman in his weekly spot. He's sponsored by Washer Systems of Iowa, all our Valley coverage uh, throughout the basketball season, brought to you by Washer Systems of Iowa. Kevin Lehman who had the uh, did the color last night on the uh, Panthers. Boy, did they open up a can. My God. Uh, on most State last night. They couldn't miss. Unbelievable. Uh, so we'll do that. He was there. We'll, we'll pick his brain a little bit on the Drake game. Christian Williams, you remember him. I do, yes. Uh, he hit the game-winning shot at the buzzer to pick off the doggies last little night. A little blast from the past. A little blast from the past. I mean, he was... He's been gone for how many years now? Four? It seems like forever, doesn't it? It does. was uh, absolutely forever. Really good. A, a solid player. I was excited to see what his future was going to be, mm-hmm. but obviously uh, made the decision he was going to go to Indiana State, yep. play in the MVC, and a good player for the Sycamores. Indeed he is, and he was a good player when it counted last night. He hit a big bucket and a game winner uh, right at the buzzer uh, after Penn missed an opportunity to put the dogs up in front by a couple. Boy, Murphy, <laughs> prayer was answered. A game oh, man, tying three late in the basketball game, ESPN+. Plus. I am a fan. I wish I would have joined a long time ago. Anyway, so we'll do those two uh, with Kevin Lane. We'll go around the basketball as well. Pick his brain on this Iowa State team who fell last night to Baylor. You know, Trent, we, as I said during the show a couple of times, and it was, I mean, I don't know what's left, what the season, how it's going to play out, but we mentioned the fact that uh, this is going to be, at least to this point, one of those years where not, nothing. The fan base, yeah, they beat Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma State. Best win would have been Seton Hall, right? I mean, best win would have been Seton Hall. They were ranked at the time. But that's going way back. Yes. That was a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it a Sunday night? I think it was. It was, yes. You're absolutely right. Because it was Sunday night football on, and um, and they'd seen Seton Hall just a couple of or a week before, whatever it was. And that one went Seton Hall's way, but uh, the uh, clones got the, the rematch, if you will. Uh, they're big. Kid with the Long name, Tashkita's Philly. Close, Close enough. enough. Better than I can do. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, he played five minutes in the game and the guy, then got hurt, and, and Iowa State was able to win that one. But, you know, I, I don't know what the remainder of the season is going to bring. It's um, very apparent that this is not a good basketball team mm-hmm. uh, with a kid who's going to be drafted in the uh, lottery portion of the NBA draft in June. You know, and, and Bolton's coming on, which is great because it's pretty apparent that this is one of the few Iowa State teams that their best player, the gap between their best player and their second best player is massive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, Bolton's, you know, inching his way towards that because he's playing a lot. He's playing like you and I kind of thought he would when he would transfer here because mm-hmm. we saw glimpses of him, right? Yeah. Uh, in the Big Ten. Not a great defender, but nope. offensively, yep. he's come a long way. And yeah, he's become the guy that you anticipated. The thing that might, might even be more significant, at least in my mind, because you're right, that gap between Halliburton and and anybody else mm-hmm. is significant. But then the gap between Bolton yeah. and the rest of the... Who's, who's the best team on this team? The player on this team? Condit? He, he hasn't been good since he got put in the starting lineup. Okay, that's not the answer. It's not Nixon. It's not Jacobson. It's not Jacobson. 
It's uh, Trey Jackson. Yeah. I mean, Solomon Young's had a couple of. That's a great point. It's a big gap between one and two, although not as big, but between two and three. And if you only got one dude, I mean, these right. Iowa State teams, Trent. I, I get why the fan base is, you know, having uh, ants in their pants, little upset with the way things are going. They've had some. I was looking. There was a team not too many years ago had six NBA guys on it. Six NBA dudes. Let me try them. Morris, yep. Niang, mm-hmm. Burton, Nader, Matt Thomas, Nazmi Long. That's six. That's six. That's not too many years ago, right? Are we talking about the, what would that been, the 16, 17? 16, 17, or I think it was 16, 17. Yep, there 15, it is. Because 15, 16 was bad, I think. The 16, 17 team had Burton, Morris, Mitru Long, Thomas out of the NBA guys. Mm-hmm. The year previous, that team won the Big 12 tournament, mm-hmm. lost to Purdue in the round of 32. Ah, yes. They lost one, two, three, four, five, six conference games, 12 and six in conference. Mm. The year previous to that, that's when you're talking about the group that included Niang, Burton, Nader, Mitra Long, Morris, Matt Thomas, and Jamil McKay. He was pretty he was good a himself. nice player in his own right. Yes, I think he, he went, was. Did he go to Australia and play professionally? Is that where it was? I think somewhere like that. Uh, yeah, because he was what six nine, six ten, block shots. Yeah, uh, not a lot of not a lot of meat on his bones. Kind of a skinny dude, but certainly six nine, six ten, long arms. I remember that team went to the Sweet Sixteen, got clubbed by Virginia. There, yep, it was in Chicago in at the Chicago. United Center. That team though lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven conference mm. games. That's a lot of talent to be losing. I know the Big Twelve was good, really good during that time. But you're talking about going your high water mark, eleven and seven, twelve and six, mm. with that group of talent. It's no. concerning. No, it is, and it's uh, this. These were some. These were some nice teams, and and this just isn't. Um, uh, unfortunately, I don't. Again, there's a lot of basketball to be played, but I just don't get the sense, Trent. And it seems every year, whether they're you know having a down year, if they're having a good year, you you can expect to walk out of Hilton and whip. Pulling off an upset, right? And here's the other thing, by the way. I don't know if you had where anywhere where you could hear the volume of the game last night. The guys did a nice job. I'm not sure who they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the studio at halftime, and then when they, I think it was halftime or, or during a break when they went back to the studio, and then they threw it back to the to Hilton. We're talking about Baylor being an underdog. Yes, I heard that too. Wait, come on. Anytime I hear, of course, point spread, my right. ears perk up. <laughs> yes. You know me well. And I, what are they talking? They're not an underdog. You know, how long, much longer before the, the college basketball world catches on to this Baylor team? Well, they're right in a sense, and I think I'm starting to come around, and maybe they are the best of a bad bunch. Um, but they're not an underdog. Not an underdog. No, they, they were, were giving points last night. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, I didn't and fall for the trap last night. You though. didn't. I jumped on Baylor. Good. Jump on Baylor. Did you? And, and did you get off San Diego? Your I San Diego did. State theory. Well, and New Mexico had a guy suspended. It was literally moments after I hit, hit <laughs> submit submit yeah. on the app. I looked through Twitter. Bill Jones, whatever the guy's name was, some some clod from uh, New Mexico suspended for the game for violation of team rules. Mm. Oh, great. Well, maybe that money line wager, but at 11, I'm still feeling good. And they're down like 
20, 20 in the first half. It was 20 to 2 at one point in the game. That was the first time I, and I gotta admit, I, I did snicker a little bit. Oh, knowing I'm, sure. That, I'm sure. Knowing the situation that you'd put yourself in. And not uh. only A, uh, making that proclamation on the radio, but B, backing it up with your hard earned dollars. So I knew you were in a little bit of deep water. Um, but you know, to Baylor, Trent is, and when I say best of a bad bunch, I mean, look, somebody's going to be the anointed as the best team in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, this, this Baylor team, if they are the best team in college, basketball if you're ranking you know uh, air quote best team over the century where's Baylor going to fit in the pantheon right when we take a look back but look they got some parts I love Vitals game I do Gillespie's a tough SOB Uh, him and Condit getting into it last night a couple of times in the game and you know Gillespie getting a cut over his eye and that thing was bleeding man it was it was cut me Mick Butler just makes shots yes he's he's likewise well yeah for the most part and and I Saw him a little bit, but we're still waiting. Tristan Clark, is it is it going to click know. for him? I don't. I'm starting to think no. I'm. We're deep into this. Man. Yeah, I'm starting to think that this injury is. Uh, is he's played 14 games. Right. Now. Right. It's, he's not the same player. Right. It, that. And it, and I think holding out any hope that he's going to you know all of a sudden the calendar is going to turn to February or to March that he's going to be able to give him a bump you'd like to think but I certainly haven't seen it so far because if that happens and, and yeah we then they're think, legit the close to right. the player that Tristan Clark was right not only is this a Final Four threat and maybe can win it they're I think the significant favorites to win the national title with Tristan Clark back to the player he was then yes because they're really good without. Mm-hmm. Now you throw that into the mix, mm-hmm. and you're talking about, I think, a completely different player. That's a, that's a good team. Yeah. And I think that, I know there's a lot of frustration with the Cyclone fan base and what they saw and overall with this basketball program and what the future looks like, too. I, I get that. But remember, on the other side, it's a good Baylor team. Mm-hmm. That is a good Baylor team that you lost to. But there's enough issues to point out with Iowa State. It's not like, well, you know, they got a bunch of transfers that are sitting out. Mm. You just wait till next year. Right. Xavier Foster is a nice player. Xavier Foster is not a savior. Uh-huh. Xavier Foster is not a guy that's going to come in there and put up 14 and 8 his first season and hitting threes and dunking and blocking shots all over the place. He is more of a develop, developmental player in my mind. Nice player, nice talent. Got the skill set, certainly you want out of a big, but that's not a guy that's going to come in there and make that kind of impact. I, I don't think so either. Trent. Right away. Yeah. The rest of the recruiting class, the best of the bunch, the other three guys that they've signed, there's still questions if he's ever going to show up at Iowa uh-huh. State. That was a Dudley kid, I think is his name. And. He transferred high schools. There's been questions there. I know Prom's been asked about it. Yeah, I think everything's good. It just, oh, that was recently he was yes. asked about that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple weeks ago, Dudley Blackwell is, yeah. is the young man's name yeah, from, you follow recruiting from Florida. And the other two guys are not even the top 200 nationally ranked mm. guys. So it's not that there's not transfer sitting out. They have one transfer sitting out, the kid from Troy. But mm. overall, you, you look at the roster, you look at the future, and it's hard to get excited. You bring in a four-player recruiting class last year, two of the guys left. Before they ever played a game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grill looks like he's got a long ways to go. Jackson's a nice player, but that's it. It's scary for what Iowa State basketball is used to. Now you're now staring two of the last three years missing the NCAA tournament. It's not like hope's on the horizon. I don't see it, Trent, and, and uh, their best player is going in the lottery. I yeah, mean, right. Tyrese Halliburton is walking out that door. I, I, there's nights that I gotta think that um, you know the fan base feels the same way. You feel bad for him because he just doesn't have any supporting cast. He's asked to carry so much, and that's uh, not his game. No, it's not. And I think it's uh, you know what I don't know if he's the fourth best player in this year's draft. Right. I, I don't, but I do think that 
you know, as the season goes on and these scouts keep showing up to watch them, and I understand why they're doing it, but there's nights that I'm wondering if they come away, hmm, he's okay. He doesn't have much of a cast around him, he right? Doesn't. It's um, it's an uns- it's 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 too bad they're going to waste a lottery player. Uh, the Terrence Lewis thing too. I mean, he, he played two minutes last night mm-hmm. in the game, a game that was, you know, they they made it a little closer than it ended up being. But this is his last five games. On the uh, last night, he played two minutes, didn't score. Game before that, uh, in uh, in the SEC Challenge at Auburn, he played twenty one minutes, scored twelve points. Mm-hmm. Uh, the week before that, he played uh, at Texas Tech, six points in 23 minutes, seven minutes, two points versus Baylor, in and out of the lineup. What is going on? What is behind? And look, I don't know if this is going, if he's the answer. Right. But we know that he can come in, and when he does get his opportunity, when he's playing 20, 18, 20, 22 minutes, it's not like a, he's not like a pylon out there. They're not just marching around him. Right. Play a little bit of defense, and he can score a little bit. What's what? What are we missing? What is what is this? I don't want to call it a deep dart secret because that sounds nefarious. Right. But what's the damn reason? Defense is a part of it, and but there's a lot of guys on that roster that have true. defensive deficiencies. I mean, you, you look top to bottom in some of the defensive advanced metrics that are out there. It's awful. I and mean, there's nobody really short of Halliburton that is worth anything. Even Condit, who kind of you think of as a good defender because mm-hmm. he can block shots. Those advanced metrics do not paint him in a very good picture. This is top to bottom. Dude can make shots. Mm-hmm. Dude can score. I know there's more to the game, and it's more yeah. than just offense, but... You don't have that second. Now, Bolton's coming on. Bolton's getting his points. But who is, who's the other scorer? I mean, Nixon couldn't make a bucket to save his life. No. Boy, he's been a disappointment. You hate to say that about a kid, right? You really do. Um, Solomon Young... It depends what night you watch. He's him. had some spurts, but he has. He's, he's not a guy that consistently is nope. going to go out there and, and score and for you. And they need that because the gap between one and two, mm-hmm. and then two and three, is massive on this team. I don't. I, I don't think we answered the question. No, it's Halliburton, big big gap. Bolton, and then what? Where, How about this? Who? Looking at uh, advanced numbers here. This is from Sports Reference. Offensive box plus minus. All this is basically an estimate. Offensive points per 100 possessions. Number one on the team, no surprise, Tyrese Halliburton. He's plus nine. Second on the team, Terrence Lewis, plus (laughs) 4.3. Bolton's third at plus 3.2. And then after that, I mean, you're talking a big gap. Mm. The next best player on the team, at least out of the rotational players, is George Condit at 1.6. Wow. That's scary. Yeah, I mean, that's... That shows you just how bad it is. And then you go to the defensive end of the floor, and it gets even uglier from there. I mean, they're just aren't guys. This team can't, they can't defend. They can't stop threes. They can't make threes. It's not a good combination of no, basketball. No, look, it's a good, it's a, it's a good thing that the uh, schools in Oklahoma didn't leave the league this year because yeah. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, thankfully, um, K State's picking themselves off, off off the mat. They are. Texas Tech had a nice win yesterday. Not they belonged at the bottom, but yesterday we talked about some one of the bracketologists trying to find that fourth team in the Big Twelve. Well, they took a big step last night, picking off West Virginia. Granted, in Lubbock, but a nice win uh, nonetheless. They needed that, no doubt. Yep. So, let's say the season ends with a whimper, the way that it appears that it's going to, and they have a losing record, and there's no postseason at all. And that's the route that and this team goes. And they're one and done in Kansas City. One and done. They yeah. play on the opening night of the tournament. Cyclone Get beat fans, by Kansas State. Yeah, yeah. Cyclone fans don't make their way down there because they've seen enough this year and yep. they understand the inevitable. So no change. No change. Nope. A contract extension was given last year mm-hmm. to Prom. Mm-hmm. But if you are Steve Prom, 
and you see what this roster is going to look like going forward. Mm-hmm. He had an opportunity last year to go to his alma mater. I thought at the yep. time he should have. Yeah. He did about as good of a job as you could ask for taking over for Fred Hoiberg. Not only what he did rebuilding the basketball program, but as a bluff figure as you're going to find. Well, and he didn't alienate himself from Hoiberg's dudes, too. And right. Hoiberg and Otzelberger mm-hmm. got some talent in that. They did. He was able to build that bridge mm-hmm. and let them and and didn't try and take those take them and what they do best and squeeze them into his system. He let them be them. He let them play the way that they were used to playing under Hoiberg, and you give him credit for that. Do though, there's not going to be a bigger job out there to leap to, but do what Steve Alford did. Realize that the following season, if he didn't mm-hmm. get a team to the NCAA he's, tournament, he signed through what 2025. I think that's right. I think that is. You take a job, a step down, but you take a job with a new contract, a fresh start, mm-hmm. maybe somewhere closer to home where your recruiting connections are. That could make a little bit of sense. You know, I don't know, find a job in, in the American Athletic Conference, SMU, you know, a program like that, that is a step back. Josh Pastner did the same thing at Memphis because he knew mm-hmm. he's going to be fired. So he went to Georgia Tech. Alford did the same thing, leaving Iowa and going to New Mexico. Take that kind of leap, understanding that it's just not working here. It's not going to work out, and we're not getting the guys that we need. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to get up to the level that this fan base expects. If you're Steve Prome, do you at least have to have that in the back of your head at the end of the season? Yeah, you also, you also um, you know, jump online, you look at your bank statement, and he's doing really well in Amstrand. I mean, yeah. And he's, again, he signed through 2025. They owe millions. They owe him millions of dollars. I don't know what the fix is. I don't. I, I don't understand it. It's it's just one of those years, I, I guess. I mean, Terrence Lewis, as a freshman, played 11 minutes. I minutes mean, cut back as a sophomore to 9.7 minutes a game. This year he's averaging 11.3 minutes a game. Points went from 3, 3.4 to 4.3. He's averaging 5 points a game as a as a junior. I mean, he can't stick around for another year. You wouldn't think so. I mean, you gotta go play. Go somewhere you can play. Don't know if you can. I don't think. I don't know if he'll graduate in three years. But even if you don't, go sit out a year. You have yeah. one final season, wherever it may be. Maybe he goes home to Milwaukee. Goes to UW Milwaukee, something like that. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. that decision. I think in that league, he'd be really good. Uh-huh. He certainly could score. We know Ooh. he can score. So there. I mean, looking forward to next year. Foster. Mm-hmm. Bolton. Yeah. Um, Jackson, I agree with you. I'm still holding on hope for Grill. Condit? Uh, George Condit. Zion Griffin, is there anything there? How many many games is is that going to get you in the Big 12? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Even Dudley Blackwell shows up and is good. They get the uh, Juwan Johnson kid from Troy. That'll be eligible next Mm -hmm. year. I know nothing about him, so I'm going to prefer to who knows what he is on the defensive end, but my guess is not very good. <laughs> There's, it's scary. Yeah, and you're gonna watch a guy watch march out the door and go right in the lottery, and ESPN's got him going fourth overall, and he's got no help. Bolton's coming on. Bolton's coming on without a doubt. Bolton, Rasir Bolton is really he's uh, he's elevating his game offensively. He's making some shots, but then who? Nobody. It's such a big gap. All right, uh, we've got, I don't think we did ever get th- uh, through the guest list, did we? I don't think to. so. No. Uh, so uh, Lee Sterling's going to join us, Paramount Sports. 
1045. He joins us uh, every Thursday during the football season. We'll uh, opine on the Super Bowl. I'm sure he's got a lot of props that he wants to put out there. Uh, Lee Sterling at 1045. At 11 o'clock, Jordan Burnfield from Chicago. Uh, speaking of college basketball, he does a ton of games for ESPN, uh, ESPN2, ESPN+. Plus. He's all over the ESPN platforms. He's also based in Chicago. He sits on that NBCSN Cappy show. He does that a lot. The television show that Cappy uh, is a part of. So we'll pick Jordan's brain on the uh, news yesterday since we didn't get the news uh, until after we finished taping with Cappy and don't want it to be a week old before we get back to it. Jordan Burnfield on... Is there another step in the Chris Bryant scenario? Or, I mean, we'll find out from him. And then at 11.30, Tom Caker, we're going to move him to Thursday with uh, Iowa on the road tonight. Boy, this is a big spot for the Hawks, Trent. They win this oh, one. Oh, it's a Look big spot for out. Iowa. They get Illinois at home Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, these next two. I mean, they're right. Yeah. They're all t- essentially right together, right? I think they're... What are they? Uh, Maryland and Iowa have three losses in conference in Illinois, at least as we sit here today. And I don't know if they play tonight or not. Seven and two. So the Illinois seven and two, uh, Maryland six and three, Iowa six and oh, Rutgers seven and three as well. But point being is, you know, they're in that group right below mm-hmm. Michigan State. That's Illinois has got spin. the Gophers tonight. Oh, do they? Yep. They got them in at home. Champagne. Yep. Yeah, Gophers are playing better. They are. Yeah. Arturo's playing really yes, well. Yes, he is. So is Carr. Yeah. Um, that game might be. What time is that game? Is it five thirty? Mm. Fingers crossed. Yeah, maybe that's the the that's lead the, in that's to the, the preliminary, preliminary bout to Maryland Iowa. Come on, baby. The come JV on matchup. Are you checking for me? I'm looking right now. Come Big on, Ten conference game tonight. Give me a five thirty. Six thirty. FS one for that one. Let's see the first half. See the first half. We hear from Kevin Lehman next. He's sponsored by Washer Systems of Iowa. But before we do that, it's time to help somebody pay their bills. By the way, we're having some significant success inside this building. Yeah, let's get it done at KXNO. Winners. Get out your really? phones right now, everybody. I don't think that KXNO has had a winner. Bus has. I think all the, most of the other stations have, except us. And we've got a couple of frequencies, so let's do it. Uh, time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Text the keyword SUPER to 200, 200 right now. That's your chance to win $1,000. That's SUPER to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. College basketball conversation with Kevin Lehman next. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports in 20 minutes. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. And now now on one supply. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty cakes, and Owen now on one hundred six point three FM. Fifteen minutes or thereabouts. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. We'll get in some of the Super Bowl props with Lee. In the 11 o'clock hour, Jordan Burnfield. And then uh, Tom Cakert on Iowa, Maryland tonight. But right now, Kevin Lehman joins the program. Washer Systems of Iowa sponsors all of our Valley conversation throughout the basketball season. Kevin, Trent, and Ken, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Uh, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, nice job last night on the uh, on the Northern Iowa uh, most state game. Kevin, I don't know if... Uh, I mean, Jacob, every coach wants to, you know, you want to build your team up and you want to praise them, but you always, you want to have that one thing, right, where you can not light them up, but you can remind them, but don't, you know, you got some work to do here. What's Jacobson going to pick nits about that performance last night? It was almost perfect. What a game out of the Panthers. <laughs> well, and 
you guys that broadcast know that's a tough second half to broadcast <laughs> right. when the, the game has been over for quite some time. So we were talking Kansas City Chiefs, a little bit of everything in that second half. But here's what Ben Jackson is concerned about. Turnovers. When they went played Loyola Sunday, that went to overtime, 19 turnovers by the Panthers. When they lost at Southern, they had 16 turnovers. That has been their Achilles heel in the games that they've lost or had teams come back on. So that's what Ben Jackson is going to nitpick on this crew. Keep the ball... Keep the turnovers down, certainly a part of it. But, boy, the efficiency that they're playing at. This is you and I. They're doing many of the same things, especially on the defensive end. But what is it offensively that this offense has become that more, much more efficient from what we've seen? And even the better you and I teams, they were never as efficient as this group is. Is it just the collection of shooters that they have? What is it that they're playing at this high of a level? Well, Trent, you've got the collection of shooters. Green, Burhau. Brown, Holdman, but in the middle, which they didn't have the last couple yeah. years, is Austin Fight. Mm-hmm. He goes seven for seven last night. I believe over the last four games, our stat was he was like 27 for 34 from the field. Hmm. And even in the Jeez. game prep, when I talked to Dana Ford, he goes, this dude, Austin Fife, I'm voting first team all league. He is a point guard that's playing the center position because he can pass it too, so I think that's a big difference because he's physical, he's efficient, he can pass the basketball, he gives them that great inside-outside punch. And also what we're seeing with guys like Luca Garza, Crutwig from Loyola, you can play through your center. You can get him touches in the half court. He can pass it or he can score. So it makes this team really balanced and really dangerous. Yeah, I agree with you, Kevin. That's one of the things I like about them, too, is the way that they chuck the ball around, right? It's not necessarily the extra pass, or it's not one that's an ill-advised pass, but they're making that extra pass and they're finding a wide-open guy. And, you know, most of the time, at least certainly last night, they were were knocking down that shot. So if we agree, and I think I know Trent and I do, and I believe that you'll be on board with it. That the Panthers are the team to beat in the Valley. Who's who's below them? Who's the team that the Jacobson would say he fears the most in the Valley? Well, I think it's Loyola. Uh, now they lost last night at uh, Southern Illinois, but this Loyola team with Porter Moser, they get better as it goes on. Their culture's fantastic. Uh, I love being around Porter Moser. You know, he's a Rick Majerus guy, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a saying for everything. He analyzes the game. So that's, to me, that's the team you got to watch out for. Bradley's a little banged up. I would say they would be the third team, but watch out for the Ramblers. And I've got them Saturday night against Bradley in the Genteel Center. That's the battle to say who can stay within striking distance of the Panthers here at the halfway point. You know, a team I've been impressed with the last couple of weeks is Southern Illinois, and I felt really old yeah. when I saw uh, when Brian Mullins got hired last year to take over the Saluki program. I mean, feels like he was just playing in the NBC a couple of years ago, <laughs> and here he is leading uh, the Southern Illinois. But they've done a nice job. They've beaten Drake, you and I, Loyola all at home. They picked up a road victory against Illinois State. It's not a team that's going to wow you what they do on the offensive end, but they're going to get there up, up and defend. And we know that Saluki program, what it has been in the past, Brian Mullins, has he got this thing back on the right track in your mind? Well, Trent, he's way ahead of schedule. You know, pick last in the Valley. Wow. And you saw him as a player. That's the way they play defensively, especially mm-hmm. at home. And he's taken some of those concepts, worked for Porter Mosier offensively. Uh, I didn't surprise me last night that they would beat Loyola. 
in Carbondale. You know, they had the Panthers down 16 in a game that you and I lost there, and he's doing it shorthanded. Aaron Cook, his point guard, is out with a broken hand. They're going to redshirt him. He's got a freshman at that point guard spot in Lance Jones. He got a transfer from Northwestern. Eric Benson actually played for his dad in AAU. He's going to is a grad transfer that's given some help in the middle. Uh, it's yeah, you're right on. This is a impressive team. They're ahead of schedule. I think once Brian Mullins gets some time to recruit, this is going to be a team you're going to see in the top of the valley, along with the Panthers and Loyola and the Bulldogs. I think those are teams. And Bradley, I think those five teams have great culture. Always keep them in the top half of the NBC. And didn't his dad start one of the big AAU programs in Illinois years ago? I think maybe it was the Illinois Wolves, something like that. I mean, you get that kind of connection. You're not going to beat out Illinois and, and schools like that for kids, but you get the kind of your pick of that next tier with a program like that in AAU. Southern Illinois could be back to the program we saw 15 years ago. Well, it's interesting that you say that, Trent, because that's exactly right. His dad has a big AAU program. So when I ask him, how did you get Marcus DeMast and guys like that, mm-hmm. and Barrett Benson from Northwestern, he goes, they played for my dad. <laughs> that Barrett helps. Benson grew up two blocks from my house. And <laughs> even throughout the Valley, when you talk about even Bradley's got three players that played for Brian Mullen's father. So that is a great observation. He's got a great connection in the suburbs of Chicago. And they have the best freshman in the league, and Marcus DeMast who came out of uh, Wisconsin. He, he's, he's like a poor man, Doug McDermott, can play all the court. He'll be fresh for the year in the Valley. Hmm. Well, let's talk about the Bulldogs. Tough loss out of the Doggies last night. They, you know, they really uh, sprang out of the uh, the gate to, to begin the game. Likewise, the second half, Indiana State opened up a lead. But to the Bulldogs' credit, they came back. Uh, Murphy banked in a three, um, I don't know, minute or so left in the basketball game to tie it. Uh, and, and Drake had a chance to go to, to take the lead outright, but it just wouldn't fall for Penn. He ran the shot clock down and didn't get off the best of shots, hit the side of the backboard. Um, but still, they, they had an opportunity. And then, of all people, Christian Williams, who's you know former Hawkeye, been around seemingly for a long time. Uh, he goes the length of the floor and at the buzzer, knocks one in to put it in the wind column for Indiana State. Nice fight out of Drake last night. Didn't go their way, but they're in the mix, Kevin. This isn't a Drake team that's going to find themselves in action on the first night of the Missouri Valley Conference team. They're far better than that. Oh, no question. And they've been tremendous at home. Uh, I believe their win streak dating back to last year is 15 in a row at home. So they've protected in the NAP Center. They've been close on the road. They lost this game that you talked about last night. I had them uh, against Bradley early in the season. They lost that one by a couple points. Uh, so they just quite haven't got with a hump. On the road, they're not a real physical team other than Robbins inside and Murphy, a finesse team. But they spread people out and really drive it. And I think Darren's doing a great job. And you got to love Jonah Jackson. He has yet to make a shot inside the two-point line. <laughs> they're all threes. He knocked in four triples last night. He may set a record for not scoring within inside the three-point hmm. arc this season in the Valley. Kevin, I wasn't aware of that. That's a crazy stat. What a jump into Iowa State. I, I know you were working last night. Not sure if you had a chance to go back and watch much of the game against Baylor, but a loss, not surprising, gets the number one team in the country. But this is an Iowa State team that is now 9-11. Tyrese Halliburton's going to be more than likely leaving early for the NBA, be a lottery selection there. And you look at the future and the guys coming in, and, and there's concerns there. Your thoughts overall with this Iowa State basketball program and how it got this bad this season? 
Well, we talked about this before. When you have guys leave early, uh, you take Mario Shyock, who's going to redshirt and plays one year. Sometimes you get caught in those years where your talent level drops off. And I think that's what's happened with the Cyclones. They just don't shoot the ball well, guys. Uh-huh. And we always say, you know, shooting the basketball, making threes, makes up for a multitude of sins in the game of basketball. They just haven't shot it well. Uh-huh. They make four threes last night out of 17. It's been that way for them through most of the season. Prince Nixon had really never really got it going. Finally, we're seeing some life out of Bolton shooting it well, knocking in threes last night. Inside plays an up and down. I really thought George Condit was going to have a great year, and he's he's just been uh, so so. And we've got some sparks from Solomon Young. So not not only do they not shoot it well, they just haven't got consistency in the play of their front line and through a lot of the guys other than. Uh, Bolton and Halliburton. Yeah, Kevin, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, Iowa State, over the, you know, for the most part this century, right, all the way back to Jake Sullivan, and I'm going to forget some guys, Matt Thomas, uh, Christofferson, uh, McGee, they always had that guy that could make that three. You know, there, there, there were teams that had six NBA players on it, so not those teams, but teams that had, you know, one really good player and then a bunch of guys that, you know, having a nice uh, four-year run and uh, in college basketball. But one of those guys was always a guy that would step up and hit that big three when they needed it. They just don't have that this year. It's a glaring omission from this roster, Kevin. Wow, that's bad. Yeah. yeah, that's bad at the end here. Uh, you want to try him once more here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin, uh, you were in a bad signal. Are you, you okay, Kevin? Are you with us? No, we we no, we do not have you, yeah. Kevin. Um, you know we're almost out of time, anyways, and uh, we, you answered the for the most part answer. So we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Kevin Layman. Have a wonderful weekend. Appreciate it. As we had cell troubles right at the end, and don't want to put our audience through that. No, no, never good it's to hear that. Tough enough to do that with us for two hours a day. <laughs> Let's not make it. Give many more reason to. Reach for that dial. Well, we'll get into Iowa-Maryland a little bit later. Yes, Tom Caker at 11.30. Look forward to doing that. Boy, it's a big game tonight, Trent. They win this one. The conversation Ooh. really changed. I mean, you know, we talked earlier this week when you were away. After the win against Wisconsin, dare to dream. It's been 40 yeah. years since they won a regular yeah. season title. You can have those thoughts, but it changes. Mm-hmm. You know, they won four out of five, but a lot of those were at home. This is a road game against an upper-tier team, a team that is going to certainly have revenge after what that happened to them mm-hmm. in Carver a very talented Maryland team. You find a way to win, though, and all of a sudden that conversation starts to shift a little bit. It's a big one, though. Yeah, no doubt. When is the Michigan State game? Towards the end of the season. Is it? Yes. They what only played the, the Spartans once. once. Right. And it's on the road in East Lansing. And it is Fourth to last on the uh, uh, Tuesday, February 25th. Um, boy, oh boy, that's going to be... How about Tillman Garza? Need a Sign reason to that. tune in and watch that game? Not that you do. He wouldn't think, but how good that got the potential to be? How about Jalen Smith Garza tonight? Well, absolutely. There's a lot of bigs in this conference. Uh-huh. There's a lot of them. This is a, this is one of those years. That, you know, again, it's just usually this a point guard sport, but every now and then you come across one of these years where the bigs dominate, and this conference seemingly has got one in every stop. They really do. Well, speaking of stop, we'll do that. When we come back, we'll talk Super Bowl with Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Pick Lee's bring on the game. I'm sure he's got some props he wants to share with us. Look forward to doing that. When we come back on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3. Ken Miller.
Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. encourage you if you don't like the what trent and i have to say tune in for the bumps you do good work trent connie get me going i know i can see you tapping the feet over there absolutely uh let's get lee sterling in here football gets me going the super bowl uh uh is upon us good news and bad news good news it's a great got the chance to be a great game bad news can be the last game sadly how are you lee sterling yeah yeah it's always sad to see it end (laughs) but uh if you end on a high note, you feel great. If yeah. you lose a week from the Super Bowl, you got XFL action. You do. Um, and we shall see if that goes over. Well, you know, let's start there, Lee, because we've seen well, them before, did, right? Why, why didn't Iowa get a team? You guys supported the yeah. Barnstormers. I know it. I know it. Uh, maybe yeah. the weather. Who knows? Uh, but but that aside, does this have a yep. chance? Does it have a chance? I don't think it does. I hope I'm wrong. To be what? To, yeah, what? just to, to get the public's attention. Will After week one, will we tune in and watch week two? Probably not. Probably not, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're probably gambling on it or, or you know someone. But, um, you know, here's to hoping. They, they do have some much more liberal rules for scoring. You mm-hmm. know, the problem with, with, with the AAF was, uh, I mean, there were games that were like 10 to 6. And if you're trying to capture the imagination of, of you know, the casual fan, you're not going to be able to do that. But, I mean, they're going to have some exciting rules here. So, uh, you know, uh, less stalling, more playing. That's that's what their theme is. And uh, things like one foot in bounds and, uh, you know, uh, you can get the ball back. You can be trailing and keep getting the ball back in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, Mike, Mike, I think it's going to be interesting for a couple weeks. <laughs> well, uh, we got the Super Bowl yep. here coming up Sunday, but it's in your backyard down there in Miami. Uh-huh. This happens, what, every four or five years? It, it makes your way yep. down there. So you get to uh, go through, well, as much as you want. For somebody that's lived down in Miami, you've seen plenty of Super Bowls come through there. Is there excitement? Is there buzz? Kansas City there for the first time in 50 years? Or is it eh, another big event in Miami? No big deal. No, I think it's pretty big. I think that the city has embraced it this year. You know, it's been a little while since they had one. I think it was the New Orleans game against Indianapolis. So, uh, yeah, it's been a little while, and uh, uh, weather for the game should be perfect. It's been perfect all week. So, nice. uh, the only, you know, I was on Radio Row yesterday, and there was a buzz. And uh, uh, what's different, I guess, you know, as time evolves, there was a bunch of MMA fighters. So, I took some pictures with Ryan Bader and also uh, Kamar Usman. And then after I took my picture with Usman within five minutes, I was literally four to five yards away. Uh, Jorge Masvidal and Kamar Usman almost went at it. So, nice. uh, yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think you got two totally different teams. A team in San Francisco likes to control the line of scrimmage, get after the passer, run the football. And a team, Kansas City, you know, that likes to throw the football and uh, and to light it up. So, both of these teams just took apart their opponents in the playoffs. I don't think we've seen that, you know, after the slow start Kansas City had in both games where 
both teams won in routes. Hmm. Lee Sterling is our guest. Well, Lee, let's get into some of the props, some of the yep. you know the ones we're used to, and then we'll throw some of the uh, yep. the off the wall stuff out there before we get into right. the game itself. Do you have a go to every year? Is there one that you look for first yep. of all that maybe you've been successful picking this one off, and you want to see what the line makers have put up? Do you have one or two that you like more than the others every yeah. year, Lee? Yeah. Okay. So longest penalty. Over 15 and a half yards. It's always 15, 15 and a half, 16 yards. I, I think you're going to see a couple, you know, pass interferences. I mean, DBs do not want to get burned for touchdowns in the Super Bowl. So if you're beat, you take a, you know, you, you take a chance and then maybe not calling it. So, uh, that I'm going to say yes, there will be a penalty of more than 15 and a half yards. And, and then also, uh, uh, under two and a half players attempting a pass. I, I like the under. I think it's going to be two unless a quarterback gets hurt or a team tries a flea flicker. And what does Kansas City need to waste their time with something like that unless they do like a, a jet sweep pass? And uh, by the time teams have recovered, they realize that Hardman or Hill is running the jet sweep. Uh, you don't want to waste your time with a pass. Just let them keep running. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say the under in that. And then I like some player, player props here. I like George Kittle. I like him over 70 receiving yards. I think that's the big mismatch. For San Francisco, he'll be, he's like 6'5". He's matched up against Honey Badger, who's 5'9". I think that's a big advantage for him in most uh, down-and-distance situations. Raheem Mostert had a great game last game. I don't think he's going to follow up on that. I, I like him at under 69.5 rushing yards. And and also uh, Patrick Mahomes, I like him in over thirty rushing yards. Over thirty rushing yards. That's actually yeah. one that I've been looking at, and a couple of different ones I've been involved with with Patrick Mahomes. You know, as, as you go through the player props, and I mean, there's just so many, and you can become very overwhelmed. 11, going through I, I counted. How about this? Eleven hundred and seventy-three player props. <laughs> it's and it, that's too much. So, do you kind of <laughs> envision what the game, how it's going to play out in your mind? players that you like matchups, and then you start to dig into those numbers? Is that how you at least cut down on those 1,100-plus numbers? Yeah, I'm not going to – like, I, I don't do the, the cross-sport props. I'm not going to waste my time with something like that. I think that's very, very tough. So many things can happen between now and the game time. So, uh, you know, look, think, you know, let's say something had happened uh, to Kobe, you know, a day or two before. That, that, that could have been canceled or, mm-hmm. you know – uh, you don't know the state of mind of someone like LeBron James in his game on Saturday night. So i uh, rather stay away from stuff like that. But there are some fun ones I like. So how about this one? Um, National Anthem. You got uh, Demi Lovato, and she sang it four times, the National Anthem. Last time went over. Since she came out of rehab, I employ my daughter for this one. She's won five straight she sings national anthems at NBA games and Major League Baseball games, a lot of colleges. She studied it. She knows how they give you target times. She studied her voice. She says that she does a lot more riffing now, can't hit the high notes, can't hold them as long. So she thinks they're going to target about 150 to one, 155 to 157 for the national anthem. It's been going up and up and longer and longer in recent years. Everyone thought it would go under last year with Gladys Knight. Uh, and it didn't. I mean, it went over. It went at 203. So she thinks this one is going to go under. And then another one I like, it's Miami. J-Lo and Shakira, will they both show cleavage? I'm going to say yes at minus 250. <laughs> there really is a prop out there for that? Okay, so there's a prop for that. And who and judges? Prop. How about this for Jennifer Lopez? Will she show butt cleavage? Oh. And 
The yes is plus 500, the no is minus 1,000. Uh, I mean, there's too much juice in the middle for either one of those, so oh, stay away from my. that one. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lee Sterling Paramount, I had no idea that, no, those got to be offshore, right? Those aren't, uh, those aren't available. Yeah, those are offshore. That's what oh, I think. Uh, those are, I haven't seen those in Vegas, but don't be surprised if they don't show up. Yeah. Well, I saw New Jersey's doing the Gatorade, and that mm-hmm. that uh, has yeah. never come to Vegas. You know, since we're on that, we'll get to the game in just a second, because we've got three or four minutes left with you, Lee. Sounds like Florida, one of the next states to to legalize sports wagering uh, at the at the tracks there, so hopefully you're close to Gulfstream yeah. or Hialeah, which is now closed down, I think. It's uh, still right. standing, but um, how closed. big how big will it be in, uh, in, in Florida if uh, it's coming? It's just when. How big yeah. will it be? It'll be phenomenal. I mean, uh, the, the three big states, you know, really don't look like they're close yet. Unfortunately, Texas might be the last to them, yeah. and, them in Utah, but and I think it's going to be two, three years for Florida. You know, as you know, the key you think it'll be that long, huh? Because I've I've heard it's being fast tracked. Well, there there's some things going on behind the scenes. It all depends. I think it's two parties they've got to convince, and it's the the, the tribes yep, and for sure. Disney. Yep. And Disney. And mm-hmm. the tribes want their cut in it, if they're going to allow it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Disney, believe it or not, is a big... Uh, really? Uh, does, doesn't want, they, they'd rather have you go into their parks and, than gambling on games. And the key, as you know, once you get it also, is getting the mobile app. There's a couple states no that question. have it with no mobile app, and that's almost a waste of time yep. because 80 85% of the money gets spent on the mobile apps. Yeah, and it's, it's over 85 here in the state of Iowa, so anyways. Well, Lee... We'll uh, we'll, out there now. Yes. We'll we'll wrap up with the game. Your thoughts on Chiefs 49ers. It's a tight point spread, one, one and a half. Kind of across the board right now. Kansas City, the slight favorite here. How do you see it playing out? I like I like Kansas City. I like Andy Reid with with two weeks to prepare. He's nineteen and three career as a head coach when he has that amount of time. I think from what I'm hearing, he locked himself in the room for a couple days and you know, when he game plans for a game, when he's on his game, I think he's about as good as there is in the NFL. And like the fact that once they got to about the fourth, fifth game, they inserted Daniel Sorensen, number 49 from BYU, as a safety. And uh, he's the guy that's made the difference. He's a banger. I think he controls the line of scrimmage and hard hitter and, and always in the right place, not at a position where some other guys have had in that position. And just think that uh, for one of the reasons I played LSU, Joe Burrow had not had a bad game all year. Same uh, with Patrick Mahomes, and just can't put my money on Jimmy G. Every game he's got two or three passes that should be intercepted or are intercepted. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs and say they win for the first time in over 50 years. Interesting. Yeah, Sorensen was the one that sniffed out that fake punt in the playoffs, and uh, yep, just yep. a huge play. All right, so what do you got for your customers, Lee? you got a package out there that... Uh, yeah, they want to get my top, top ten prop plays. Just go to ParamountSports.com. Also do basketball on a 17-6 and six run in basketball. Mm. And uh, a lot of free content. We email a free selection to, to anyone who goes to the website where it says free pick sign up on the website at Paramount Sports. Uh, 18 to 9 since uh, the middle of August where we started mailing those out at 67% on the freebies. And those get emailed every Friday. So just go to ParamountSports.com. Put in your email address where it says free pick sign up. And follow me on Twitter. I mean, posting a bunch of stuff. I was on Radio Row uh, yesterday, saw a lot of NFL, ex-NFL, and also uh, a lot of uh, MMA fighters that took some picks with. Check those out on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Great stuff, Lee. Uh, so do we get you during the uh, NCAA tournament, or yeah, we have to wait yeah, until well, August? Let, yeah, well, let's, let's, uh, let's reconvene uh, the Tuesday or Wednesday before 
the March Madness. I'm going to hold okay. you to that, Lee Sterling. Thank you. Okay. Good to okay. talk to you. See you guys. Yep. Enjoy the game. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, Paramount Sports. Com. 11 o'clock hour coming up next. Jordan Burnfield on the Chris Bryant situation. College hoops as well. Bottom of the hour. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Previews the Hawks and Maryland in a colossal Big Ten tilt. Miller and Condon with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM.